Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Desert Streaming, and I'm your host, Marco Casanova, and I'm here with a good friend, Bethany Allen. She's the pastor of spiritual formation and leadership development at Bridgetown Church in Portland. And I am so happy you're here, Bethany. Thank you so much for being with me. I am so happy to be here. I love always getting to talk with you, Marco. <laughs> this is great. What a joy. So, Bethany, I was uh, 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 first, I think we should say your church is amazing. If you haven't visited Bridgetown Church and you're in the area, go worship with them. It's an amazing, vibrant, robust community and so accessible. Honestly, you guys are so accessible, so welcoming. Um, Andrew Kamiski and I went and together at, at, at a time, I, I forget how long ago that was, maybe like a year and a half ago. A year ago? Yeah, yeah, a year and a half. And uh, it was just, it was phenomenal. Your your community of people is mm-hmm. so welcoming and so on fire for the Lord. Worship is beautiful. The preaching is solid. Mm-hmm. And I was just impressed. And I, I've seen your people come and intersect with Desert Stream, which has been such a gift. So, <laughs> Yes, they are a wild bunch, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes. And God is moving. I mean, that's what I would say. Man, come to our community. God is at work. That's for yes. sure. So we're just having a lot of fun watching him change our lives and disrupt it in many ways. But that's yeah. amazing. And yes, one of good. your elders, Morgan Davis, is also um, a Desert Stream board member and just mm-hmm. a long standing Living Waters leader. So the fact that yeah. we have one of our family members, so to speak, uh, on staff there basically is just yeah. is an incredible gift. Yeah, it's such a sweet connection. I feel like, you know, Morgan and Karen both that just connect us deeply to this yeah. family, which is such an honor and a gift. It's amazing. Well, I was praying a little bit about this episode. And of course, the, the we're in the season of Advent, the season of expectation, the season of waiting. And it coincided perfectly, Bethany, because I, I was listening to a sermon that you recently did on Advent. And I, I've been praying about this, how this season of Advent has a very strange way of amplifying difficult emotions in mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, yeah. like yeah. this season is is uh, full of merriment and ve- on many levels, be it decorating your home and getting ready for amazing traditional festivities. But at the same time, it does have a, a, a capacity to provoke challenging emotions. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit and ask, like, how how do you encourage people to enter into this actually amazing season of expectation? preparing for the babe of Bethlehem. How do we do that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big question. So I'll just, I think, throw out a few things that come to mind. I I think, you know, I think it's true that many of us, while we sit in the the beauty of this season, there's such a paradox uh, of pain and joy. Like it's Mm -hmm. this beautiful explosion of both. And what I love about Advent is that that's really what it is. I think we have a really narrow understanding of Christmas time or even quote unquote Advent, however we've understood it through like a chocolate calendar or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's such that my it's, it has to be one of my favorite seasons on the church calendar, not even for the purpose of Christmas, but because within this story, we hold both of these realities. You know, Mm. there's this collision of God coming and Mm. bringing hope to people who are the, and the inauguration of this Advent thing is hope to people who are desperate and hopeless. Yeah. Like that's the that's the inauguration of this whole story. So that's where we start. And so we realize that God has come to the most hopeless of situations. And though he doesn't come the way we expect him to, because he mm. didn't, he mm-hmm. didn't for the you know plethora yeah. of people who were like, who is this person? And mm-hmm. and they many missed him. 
he comes and that coming tells us how he comes to us now and how he will come again. And for me, it's like that threefold, at least in this season, I'm really meditating on this reality that God comes in and he brings joy and hope Mm. above all to these, these harder emotions to a sense of loneliness or, you know, um, you know, Christmas highlights for a lot of us, what we didn't get, what we Mm. didn't receive or what we don't have. And yet that's the gift of finding Jesus in Advent is that he satisfies these deeper places. And even though we may not have the tangible thing that we hope for, we know that it's coming. And so we just kind of get this heart propelled towards the life that really Mm. is life, the life that's Mm. coming towards us. So I don't know, I'm meditating on this three, like he came to the hopeless, which was Mm. me. And he now exists amongst the hopeless. And while he's with us, he's raising a vision for Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God in its truest form. And he is coming again to put all these broken things back to right. And and in that, I just find this life where I can sing these old hymns, these old Mm -hmm. carols and go like, Yes, like um, <laughs> yes. he's coming. He is coming to fix all of this and he is mine right now. So yes. I think those are the things I'm holding this Advent season. And I think this is what I would say to people. It's like, man, Advent is not about this anticipation towards this one day necessarily. It's it's mm. this, the, the gift is the anticipation. The, mm. the ministry of the spirit happens as we move towards Bethlehem, you know, yeah. as we move towards this birth. But all the stories of Mary and Elizabeth and Simeon and Anna and Zachariah, those stories are my favorite. Those are the things that like draw me into this because all of them hopeless, all of them waiting, all of them so desperately longing for the goodness that each human on earth desires. And all of them find some form of satisfaction and joy and yes their situation so those are the things i'm thinking about I'm not yeah. sure that's exactly where you no, want to go I, lo- but- <laughs> I love that really because i think you know it reminds me of what the catechism says about advent how i love how you're, you're thinking in threes and, and the catechism says that he came in history he comes in mystery and we're awaiting him to come in glory and yeah. i think this season of advent is reminding us that we're actually awaiting people like yes. you know yeah. Our yep. circumstances aren't perfected yet, you know, right. and until he comes in glory, in his majesty. And mm-hmm. I love that because you're right. Advent, of course, is has a focal point of of, of Christmas. But at the same time, it, it it it's reminding us that we're we're awaiting people, you know, Yeah, and we're and waiting for him. Yeah. And something happens in the waiting. Like, it's yeah. not like. Mm-hmm. We're waiting and like twiddling our thumbs. It's like there's a burning yeah. going in us. There's a purification <laughs> happening purification. in us. There's like a there's a a growing joy and a refining of what's actually true within us. Yes. Like there's things that fall away if we're willing to wait in expectation. Like yes. if we're willing to posture enough, we wait pissed off. That's yep. like totally different. <laughs> it's like nothing's gonna happen except a bad attitude, and it's you're gonna be so the, the scrooge of the season that nobody wants to be around. But, you know, and I've been there, but we could wait and let let that begin to transform how we view what God's up to, even yeah. in us and in other people. And I think that's the gift of the season is so often we just think this is about us indulging. Mm. And yet our waiting is also meant to to turn us or to give us vision for where God is moving among us, even in the people we love yeah. and to call out that hope. Like, wow. so it's so much more than just what we receive in the season. You know, there's sort of a 
narcissistic is not the right word, but a narcissistic bent to Christmas where it's like, <laughs> what am I getting? What's yeah, not going right. to do? Like yeah. for me, how am I going to look at that Christmas party? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and yet I just keep feeling as well. Like if God has came like in disguise and was meant to like seed something in us, mm-hmm. then what is that meant to produce in other people as we live faithfully into that reality? You've so. said a couple of things that I really love. One being that the in the waiting, um, there's like a purifying, you know, yeah. I got yeah. this devotional and I thought it was going to be like, you know, but it's actually like all about purification. It's it's the church fathers like John Chrysostom, Augustine, yeah. and they're yeah. all about like this Advent purifying thing, mm. you know, and I'm like, wow, that is <laughs> not what turn. I was signed up this for. This was not... <laughs> I this thought was not the I, holiday magic I was looking for. Yeah, I thought I was going to be like in my living yeah. room singing, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there is, they're, they're speaking about this amazing waiting that produces a capacity mm. to be purified, you know? Yeah. yeah. And how I need that. I'm getting married next week. Crazy. December 17th. I, I, someone just Crazy. asked, when is Marco getting married? And I was like, I don't actually know. Congratulations. I know. Thank I'm so you. stoked for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so stoked. But I'm realizing <laughs> like, I don't do incredibly well with super detailed events. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> My bride-to-be, Anya, she's amazing at it. I'm, I get like very short and... I'm like, mm, let's just get this done. And like, you know what I mean? And yes. so this Advent has been painted by awaiting on many levels. So you know? good. And a purification yes. on, on those levels too. Like, yes. oh, Marco, you don't have to be, you don't have to be nasty. You can be, yeah. you know, you can be nice. <laughs> You're getting really purified for the big day. I mean, <laughs> Bethany, I need to be purified so much. <laughs> Me too. It is not so even much funny. anticipation. <laughs> I know. But what? It, but what? Are, like tangible for you, especially in this season. Like what a tangible mm. um, reality of that. Yeah. Like this is a. I mean, talk about anticipation. You know, a lot yeah. of your life you've waited for. Like this is just what a beautiful picture for you to hold yeah. in this season. Well, you know, I've been thinking about like praying about that too. Like it's, it is a crossing, crossing of the threshold, you know, Jesus yes. crossed the threshold and becoming one of us and yes. assuming our sexual human nature yeah. and in me getting married, I'm crossing a threshold to being able to become one with this woman. And yeah. it's just amazing. The waiting is worth it. And I think that's my point in the Advent season. The waiting yeah. is not unto frustration. Right. It's frustration unto something else, something greater, right. you know, yeah. and the that's the purification. It's unto something, yeah. hopefully unto a deeper communion with Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like endure it. Like how much can you endure in the yeah. waiting? Yeah. And I think often we present it that way. Like mm. uh, how much can I, you know, it's that weird whipping boy kind of mentality of like, how much can I endure for yes. Jesus that way? Yeah. And I'm like, man, he is the suffering servant. Yes. Um, and we're yep. to embody that reality and it's life that comes from death, not yeah. whatever the other declaration would be. So yes. I love that. It's not just wait long enough and endure until it's like actively, I just think about this. Maybe it's weird. I was just meditating on this morning of just Mary's womb mm. and how there was like this point wow. where it's just like, it's beauty of like this little life growing, 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 growing Yeah. until it's not like. It's not like, oh, she forgot about it. It's like she's growing. And as she gets mm. bigger, she grows in discomfort until she can produce the promise. Whoa. Like, in li- you know, the explosion yep. of the promise coming forth. And the second she gives birth, that pain is totally gone. Wow. It's like, this is my 
my baby. So I don't know. I just think it's the same way. We're not enduring without hope and we're not enduring without the promise of a pain that can actually be swallowed up by the joy that comes yes. outside of um, or it, it, through the promise. So I think that's a good encouragement for this season, like just to hold fast to that as we anticipate Wow, what God's I love that. doing and the promise that's been brought forth. Another thing you said, you said some, you used the word collision, like how mm. God, um, his incarnation, this is what I heard is a collision of sorts, you know, like yes, he's kind of busting through our history yes. and yeah. in a phenomenal, like mysterious way. And I think I've experienced that this Advent and I, I want to encourage our listeners, like maybe this Advent, and this is my thing, maybe you're overcome with lust, you know, let's yeah. say, or yeah. maybe you're overcome with a, 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 a tinge of despair that your life isn't better, you know, that yeah, 2022 right. wasn't what you thought it was going to be or right. whatever the case is, whatever the frustration is, um, this collision, this Jesus who comes near and who is God with us, he, he does something when he comes near. And I've experienced that multiple times this Advent. Yeah. Our, our Savior is so generous. You know, like you said, it's not about frustrate how much frustration can i bear it's mm -hmm. okay when you feel the pinch of whatever it is open to the savior yeah you know the savior's not like not until december 25th right. <laughs> no open right it's wow. not a rationed divine mercy <laughs> you know is. he's not like okay you can have a little bit it's, you know like a little bit of chocolate i gave you enough it's already bethany jesus right <laughs> so it's like a trader joe's advent calendar it's not that it's, it's not that there's a there's a portion that satisfies and yeah, yeah i think the ache is meant to to turn us to open up to the reality open. of god's presence yeah yeah because he loves to come through yeah you know i think so often we just kind of shut him down before he can get to that place mm -hmm. or we allow shame to overcome us and keep us hostage Oof. to what is not true yeah and then we we're, we are existing in the slavery of it as opposed to the freedom that's ours you know to wow. i don't know i love i love that god's name in the old testament is is one of his names is, is the god who bursts through hmm. he's the god who bursts through yes. and we desperately need him to do that especially I, these, these pain points. And I, I've, I've experienced it multiple times, even mm -hmm. these couple weeks. And so I, I think if we can, it's not, it's not hard. You don't have to learn a, an incredibly difficult formula to right. allow the savior to break through no. whatever you're experiencing right now. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not just, a build up, and then then he yeah, comes through. Right, you don't have to wait for that moment till you, you just don't. are about to explode. It's just right. the second you feel, just like you said, you said the pinch of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's the pinch that goes like, "All right, God, breakthrough." Yep, like I just need you to break through and stop it here. You yep. know, come meet me here. Yeah. It was amazing. Like, um, not too long ago, I, I felt like overcome with lust. Like it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like overcome with huge lust. And I'm like, Oh Lord, I'm preparing for my marriage. Like, come on, give me some <laughs> yeah. reprieve. And right. he did. I mean, this mm. Advent Jesus is so eager to just come yes. right in. And I'm not even kidding you, Bethany. Like it was truly a dispelling mm. of the lust, you know, Beautiful. like yeah. this, the, this savior who collides with our circumstances, he dispels the power of the enemy and gives mm -hmm. us like a reprieve. And it was a reprieve, yes. exactly what I needed. I was wow. able to stand. I was able to, to stand in the light of God's yeah. truth and love for me. Like, you know, it, and my point in saying that is he wants to do that for everyone this yeah. Advent season. 
Just open, just simply open to him. Yes. (laughs) Open to him. He'll come near. He'll come near. Yeah. So Bethany, you have been doing Living Waters at Bridgetown now. I mean, overseeing Living Waters at Bridgetown, and uh, which is kind of amazing. I mean, Morgan, (laughs) Morgan Davis, uh, he's he's been sewing a long time to to get Bridgetown in there, and your yes really has been so pivotal as well. His yes, Mm -hmm. but also your yes as a pastor there at Bridgetown. And I want to just open it up a little bit to see how is it going? How is Living Waters going at Bridgetown? And what is what are your, yeah. your some initial thoughts about this uh, particular program becoming an integrated part of your church community? Yeah. I mean, I have so many thoughts, Marco, but I'm going to try to <laughs> keep it concise. You picked the wrong person for a podcast, unless it's six hours. Yeah, I was talking it. to Morgan yesterday. He's like, believe me, you will not have much <laughs> empty space. <I'm> like, <laughs> he is right. Um, yeah, I think I, um, we've been doing it. We did a beta group, you know, uh, I think it was a year ago, a year and a half ago. And then we opened up the church this um, year, you know, kind of as a broader platform. And I just, what was so encouraging, I think it's just important to say this as I talk more about the gift it's been, but we had an explosion of people asking to be a part of it. And obviously we didn't have at that point, we we weren't, we want to follow the, the pattern of how we're supposed to honor how this goes with leaders and just healthy integration. So it's a smaller group for us, you know, um, I think it's 30 people, and um, and we had, I think, over 150 applicants like it just and, and that I think is just important for people to hear because, yeah, it's a it's a picture of people's need mm-hmm. of people. And, and honestly, we did our best to tell the church what this was. But how yeah. do you explain, you know, this <laughs> how do you explain <laughs> this to a church in like three minutes? It's yeah. like, OK, guys, this is what it just like. We're going to help with. <laughs> Your whole soul. I mean, you know, your sexuality, your relational integration, all this stuff. So the the response is one thing. And I think that's an indicator to so many of us pastors, but Mm. particularly here at Bridgetown, that there's a hunger Mm -hmm. for healing. There's Mm. a hunger for integration and for people who are really desperate. There is a, a need for a resource like this. And not even desperate. I would just say people who need or are desiring more, more room for the Holy Spirit, more room for their own integration. So that was like ding, 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 number one. Mm -hmm. And then um, as we've gone through this, it has been explosively beautiful. Like I, um, I mean, you know, I think every week I think, look at this, these people's destinies change tonight. Like through the truth of the scripture, the ministry yeah. of the spirit, yep. simple. Like that's the yep. thing. Like the infrastructure for living waters is simple. It's simple. it's immaculate in many mm-hmm. ways. And mm-hmm. I love that about it, but it's a simple infrastructure. And I feel like the cost of it could never even outweigh the gain. Like I wow. think us leaders, every week Whoa. we kind of circle back, we're like, what in the world is yeah. happening? We saw this past week, man, my group, we just saw beautiful breakthrough. I mean, mm. I mean, soul level. I was like, are we, what's happening in the room? Yeah. Breakthrough with the people who I thought, you know, maybe just a little bit harder, mm-hmm. weren't connecting. So all that to say, you know, I think one of the ways that I'm viewing this pastorally in particular, but for Bridgetown this moment is just a couple of different things come to mind. One, you know, I'm over spiritual formation at Bridgetown. And I would say what we're missing in the Western church at a major level is an anthropological expression of mm. formation. Wow. You know, we've divorced, we've made, we've made spiritual formation so much about the mind mm-hmm. and the soul, mm-hmm. but that has been so disconnected from the body. 
the thing that we interface with our whole life like mm, that mm-hmm. the body is what we interface with the world and yet we've disconnected it from actual work of transformation and formation yeah and what i love about living waters which is why if i have any say about it we'll always do it <laughs> is it's the collision or connection of those yeah. two things where we actually get to call people into a formation that brings healing mm. mind body soul yeah and And then as they're reconciling and being formed into their original design, into this Christ like this, as they're reconciling their desires and the innate goodness of them, then they're able to relate in the way that they were meant to relate to the world all this time. They're meant to be the church, to be the Mm. community of Christ. So that's one thing I like think living water. I mean, it's like I'm a spokesperson, but (laughs) <laughs> For me, at a formation level, if I'm just looking at it from a you know pragmatic perspective, there's nothing like that. There's now nothing like this offered yeah. in the church. Now let's talk about that a little bit because I think you bring up a good word, like anth- an anthropological formation. You know, there's yeah. there's something missing. Like you're saying, there there, there may be a little bit of a, of a high um focus on on an intellectual formation you know on a yeah. spiritual formation but then how do you actually integrate it as a human you know like right. integrate it into a what's where's the human formation basically is what yes. you're saying and yeah. um i think i think you're right on we need a proper anthropology in order right. to be integrated robust christians we just do yeah. you know it's a part holistic exactly right. you may be very yeah. smart you may right. you may have um a, a, a solid prayer life, but if you're still ambivalent to the yeah. body that yeah. you're in, <laughs> I can, it, yeah. I mean, I can think about my trauma in yeah. my mind and I can mm-hmm. do therapeutic work, which I've done. Yeah. But what happens when I'm in a space and my body completely shuts down or wow. I dissociate from my mind yep. because my body remembers yes. a, a traumatic experience or a relationally impactful experience and I I can't find my way back. Like yes. what we're what we're missing is the formation that work that leads to that integration mm-hmm. because your mind can't do it and your willpower can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be integrated all the way through yes at a pace that you can actually begin to digest it yeah and it's it's a layered reality and what living waters does is it just every week it Mm -hmm. builds yeah (laughs) it's this onion a very Mm -hmm. thick and robust onion (laughs) but it's an onion that's a delicious onion (laughs) yes yeah it's like sometimes it smells and sometimes it seasons the food you know like perfect it's a good thing i mean i don't know pass that along to andrew you know (laughs) That um, is going in the next that, edition of the guidebook. Yes, <laughs> that onion analogy. But I just think there's so much that you know the, the even the pace of formation that demands you to kind of move to the next thing. Yeah. Um. That there's something really beautiful about taking it slow and through these really you know tra- historic. I would say not just traditional, but historic acts of confession mm. and the slow. It's the now it's the slow work of God. Mm. Um people are transformed. Like it's a slow integration of going, wait, I need to honor my body Hmm. at the same pace that I'm honoring my mind. And I think living waters is the container for that. I've never seen anything better. And every week I'm seeing explosive fruit. (laughs) So I don't know how to explain it, except like this is the most visibly fruitful place in our community right now, where it's just like every week I'm like, we're just walking out with buckets full uh, and going like, I don't know. I mean, 
Wow. It's gnarly. It's hard. Yeah. And it's like unbelievably fruitful and seeing people integrate. You know, I think sometimes we think of these ministries as separate from the mm. integration of the whole whole community. And what mm. what we're finding is that this marriage between what we're calling our people to, you know, we're calling our people right now to a daily prayer rhythm, mm -hmm. to doing work on the margins of our city, proximate to the poor. This work that we're calling our church to is mirroring mm -hmm. the soul work that's taking place in these individuals. Yeah. And so as they're entering into a daily prayer rhythm, as they're getting proximate to the poor through and with community, it's almost like God is catalyzing or accelerating the healing he's doing at an individual level yes. because you have that marriage between the body of Christ and us as the body and as individuals. Wow. And it's just like this synergy <laughs> that you dream about. Like, yes. I mean, we, we literally were saying yesterday at a meeting, we've been dreaming about this deep, you know, big mm -hmm. work and the practical work of, you know, in our minds, I think it's like more like the, the contemplative and the charismatic. It's just yep. kind of our bent. Yes. Um, it's this both and, and we're seeing that fuel one another, fuel healing, fuel the work of the spirit in our community. It's extraordinary. You know, yeah. What you're saying, I don't know if you've ever heard of this amazing woman, Christian woman from medieval. Her name is uh, Catherine of Siena. She is just like mm. a, she's Honestly, she's so cool. Okay. Writing yeah, her you, name down you, right now. Yeah, you would be like friends with her. Oh. She's like well, she's like spunky and she's smart. She is Bethany Allen. Oh, uh, she's yes, let's she's, go. She's probably like, please don't. Don't compare. <laughs> no, but <laughs> Catherine that's a, Sienna. That's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> she said, you know, if you've conquered cities mm. and you have yet to conquer the city of your soul, you have nothing. Yeah. Come on. And so I love that. What I'm hearing is what you're saying is you're, you're sending your people out. You're you're forming them spiritually, but you're also giving them an avenue to integrate this yeah. body. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. because it's like we're going to this is an, an important aspect of our task as Christians. John Paul II talks about this. Every every man's task is to integrate this body that we have. Yes. We've yeah. been given this body not to um, depart from it, but to integrate into it yeah. as a robust Christian. And so I, I hear that as you're speaking. I love that, that that's mm. the ethos of, of Bridgetown. It's like, we want to send you out. We want to form you well as, as being intimates of this Jesus of Nazareth. But we yeah. also want to give you opportunity to integrate into these amazing bodies of yours. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> To be yeah, one, and to experience to God in both places, and oh, yep. and then to let that again propel. It's like one gives way to the other in a yes. greater way, in a greater way, in a greater way, and hopefully sends us out as we all know as wounded healers. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how else? How else were we called in? Yep. You know, if not for those who came yeah. and and bore witness to what God has done. So, that is so I, true. It's like you know, Living Waters is not just like this subsect of the community that like does this little incubated experience yeah. or whatever. It's actually a part of the furnace for, yes. for the movement, the evangelical movement, the evangelism movement within the context of our community. I mean, how you want to, you're like the, you're like the woman who is going to be stoned. Like you're yeah. a woman caught in adultery or whatever. It's like, doesn't she want to run out and say, look, or the yes. Samaritan woman, you know, like, Look what God has done. Yep. And 
that propels us to those places where people are most hopeless and helps us tell them that their story is no different than ours. So, I mean, maybe it sounds redundant and I could go on for days. I just, I think there's so much to be said about what this ministry does and Mm -hmm. is and how central it can be to the work of, of deep formation within a community. You know, I just heard this quote from um, John Wimber. So yes. Okay. You know, we're a fan. Let's yeah. go, John yes. Wimber. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I would like to think of a nickname for him, like John Wim or something, you know? Ah, like what, what would I have not called? Not the Wim. Jay Wim. I don't know. What's I don't know. That, I don't know. I don't yeah, know he's in heaven. It. He's probably like, oh please. <laughs> but he said something like, uh, it sounds kind of crude, but he had a really good point to it. He said the meat is on the streets. You know, yeah. like we need yeah. to stop thinking that we're we're doing we're just receiving all of this good Holy Spirit scriptural all of this stuff in church but then when we leave we don't we don't actually activate in bringing needy other other needy ones to jesus Mm -hmm. the meat is on the streets like the most important part of this whole thing is you getting out of here and evangelizing (laughs) and i love that it's like i mean jesus said it and i was talking about this with some friends last night in my community of like he said, the poor will always be with you. Mm. And I, I think about that a lot because I, I mean, evangelism isn't just to the poor, right? But it is to the poor in spirit. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think about that. Um, and I just think like, what does that mean? That yeah. if God, if we're hearing this narrative of like, go out, go out, mm-hmm. go out. And in particular, mm-hmm. to the least of these, where we know God exists, he exists in the margins, he exists amongst the poor then why would it like in a selfish way, like in this season for me recently, I've been like, I want to find him. Yeah. <laughs> I want yep. more of him. I want the yes. experience of him. I want to know more dimensions of him. Yeah. And so I want to go to those places. Like Jay Wim is saying here. Jay Wim. I like um, that. Jay Wim. And he's saying, go out there. And because that's where, like you said, you said, use the word activated. Mm. It's like something is activated, not just in us, but I think in the spirit. Yep. Um, When we're willing to say like, where are you out here? And how do I declare yep. you amongst those who could probably see you most clearly? And I think too, what you're, I think what you're saying is it's expanding our view of who the poor are, you yes, know, right. it's not just those who lack yeah. um, uh, baseline necessities, although the, the, right. the, they are poor, you know, yes, but right. also the, what about the morally poor? Those totally. who are socially yes. awkward, those yep. who emotionally poor, <laughs> emotionally poor, those relationally who are poor. relationally yeah. poor, exactly. Yeah. Those who feel yeah. disqualified in their bodies, yeah. those who right. are confused of their identification. Yes. They right. are the poor that we need to go and encounter and yes. be Jesus, be his yeah. hands and feet, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so it kind of leads me to my next question, Bethany, because I think doing living waters and doing this transformational ministry. I mean, you keep, you've, you've used that word like two or three times and it truly <laughs> is transformational. You, I mean, good. I'm, I'm a spokesperson. I, know, I don't know how it happens, let's go, but Bethany. I, just, yeah. I am not paying her for this podcast just in case <laughs> anybody <not>. is wondering. <laughs> it's okay, Bethany, I will send you three installments no. of, you know. <laughs> so, but you know, this it, it, ministry is, is transformational, but it also hits upon a very controversial area, you know, of people yeah. who struggle with, let's say, same-sex attraction, homosexual tendencies, transgender yeah. identification, all of these things. Yeah. We at Desert Stream and Living Waters are are 
we will always be heralds that Jesus can in fact come into those areas, appropriate his redemptive power and do something magnificent to make us uh, robust gifts in these bodies. Yeah. You know, that's yes. why he became yeah. one of us. He assumed right. our flesh not to free us from it, but for it, no right. matter your starting point. And so you as a pastor, you're saying, we believe this here at this church, that yeah. Jesus can actually do that. Yeah. How, how is that going? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, here's here's where I think we're at, and I'm definitely at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one, there's two thoughts. One, I mean, the first thought is... Um, Yes, of course. I I don't know why it's even in question. I actually think Mm. it's really bizarre Mm. that it would be in question that God could enter into every part of our person and bring his redemptive reality. So that to me is like a baseline. Like, are you a Christian? Because I (laughs) aren't you glad that he has redeemed all of you? Like, Mm. what if he left some other parts unredeemed? That would be bizarre. Mm. What kind of savior is that? Yeah, that's a that's a more to me, a malicious God than a righteous mm-hmm. God, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So like that, I'm like, that's in the non, I don't even, when people are like, well, the sexuality piece, I'm like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. He's not, he's definitely not negated my sexuality and the journey. And I certainly need him to Amen. enter into every part of my being. So for me, yeah. that's kind of like simple. And yet mm-hmm. I'm like, if we hold to really orthodoxy, when we hold mm-hmm. to this truth of like the reality of the gospel, yeah. It's every part of us. It's never yeah. been a compartmentalized, you know, subjugated reality. So yep. that that's like baseline that we're holding to. That's very easy because it's not good news if it's not for your whole person. Oof. It's just it's just not. Why would it yep. be good news? That's yeah, not exactly. I don't want to be liberated like only in my on my wrist. I'd like to be liberated <laughs> on my feet too. Like you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm yes. in chains, let's let's get it all off. Preach it. Let's go. Because I can't actually do anything if I'm in chains. Right. So anyway, it's a truncated I, gospel to say otherwise. It's that Jesus. It's like it's but so it is bizarre. bizarre. It's a yeah. bizarre Christianity to say he doesn't do that. You or, know or why? Why wouldn't he? He's right. so aggressive. He's so like aggressively loving, and I and I mean that yeah. in the best way. That there's no way he wouldn't go after every part of me. I've never known him to be like that. Just but I like, wonder if it's this, Bethany, and I wonder, I, I wonder how you you deal with this. I, I find that people are allergic to the idea that their sexuality is broken. Yeah, it's almost right. as if they need to be acclimatized to a new lexicon <laughs> to yeah. say that my sexuality is in need. You know yeah. that my my sexuality, no matter who you are, is disordered. I'm I. Everyone has a proclivity, some more than others, to to disordered desire, you know, be it same sex or normal pedestrian sinners, you know? So I think, I I don't know, tell me what you think of this. People, there's an allergy out there. I call it, I think it's a heresy, but an allergy to say my sexuality doesn't need salvation. My sexuality is fine as it is. And it's like, wait, he assumed one for a reason. He assumed a sexuality to redeem ours. Not yeah. just to for some charade, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if you find that. Do you find that people are allergic to sexuality? Is it is broken and in need of this redemption? Yeah, I mean, I think I get it. So I, I'm not I'm not surprised by that reality. Of course, mm-hmm. we see that of like um, because the culture, like uh, yeah. what what people are hearing, inundated with all of that. But that's the line for me, and I think mm-hmm. it even goes back to your other question. Like I. If I hold myself up mm-hmm. to 
culture's definition, even cultural Christianity's definition at some level or some of the subsects mm-hmm. of like what it means for Jesus to be Lord of my life, like to have all to be in a posture of surrender. And in that, at least in what we believe, death hmm. on a we believe death on a cross. Like yep. we believe Amen. that's our he said, this is the way hmm. is to die daily, pick up mm-hmm. your cross and follow me. Yep. So I don't I don't know. It's hard for me where I'm like, remember he said that? So this is gonna be <laughs> You yeah. know, there's not, you can't just crucify your arm. Mm. That's not how that works. So I think for me, when, when I, when we come up That's against awesome. people and, and it's in us too. So like, mm. I don't want to be like, oh, I, I never experienced me abdicating my, my part yeah. in certain areas. Cause yeah. I do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, is that I just, I think the standard cannot be culture, mm. the standard. I think we've all allowed ourselves to hold ourselves up to some kind of narrowed, um, ideology mm-hmm. that I think sets itself up against God. Uh, it's like what Paul talks about that. I think if we actually held ourselves up to the truth of scripture, which is, which is our barometer, which yeah. is as Orthodox committed Christians, we've just said, this is what we've yielded ourselves to. Yeah. Then your sexuality is subject to death. Mm-hmm. It is. And it will yeah. have to be put on onto a cross yeah. and then reborn. Amen. It, it is the regenerative formational process for every single believer. It's beautiful. Whether you have same sex temptation or not, mm-hmm. or it's mm-hmm. just, you know, I just like love sleep with my boyfriend or whatever yeah. the, all of us have to wield a fidelity to the cross. Mm-hmm. If we're actually saying this is the standard by which we've decided to live. Now, the bigger wow. question at a formation level is, is that your standard? Mm. And what is your standard? Yeah. And if you're going to tell me that because there's ideology that's floating around, which has been true for hundreds of years, and still the church held to this view, mm-hmm. um, that 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 is somehow subject to the lordship of Jesus, then that's what I would just say openly to you is like, yeah. he's not Lord of your life. Yeah. Like, and I, and I submit that in a way that I've had to be challenged on it a thousand Absolutely. times yeah. by pastors and spiritual directors and still have to. So it's not like a once and for all and you're done. It's mm-hmm. just... We have to get honest about the standard by which we're we're mm. we're living the crucified way, are we? Yeah. You know, and again, it is it is a to me a bold thing, and I do it all the time, again, subversively, and then try to repent for it. <laughs> to say to God, I know better. This mm. is an edenic, that's an edenic reality mm, that we yeah. go back to. It's a garden yeah. reality of like, yeah. I know better than God. So I I can make this call. I mean, if you're willing to trust yourself that much, yeah. I don't trust myself that much. <laughs> so I don't think it's possible, but I think it's a long way just of saying like, what standard? Yeah. If you're, if you are averse to certain parts of your life, not being subject to, to the crucified way, mm. um, then what standard are you judging that by? And my, my guess would be, and it's hard because culture is so loud and they're defining mm. that as love. And I think, yeah. I just want to say this back to your, one of your original questions is like, how do we find that here? I am fine with holding Jesus's view Mm. of sexuality boldly and with joy because, and I, I mean, we're living in it. You know, I I Mm -hmm. get it boldly because he says, this is life. Yes. Like I couldn't get all jazzy about this Mm -hmm. if he didn't say this is the absolute best way and it's going to be life it's going to produce life in you and gift in you yeah and so i'll just say like 
this is what we're calling people to because he promises yes a life that cannot be met or or created here on this earth it's going to be gift yes. and and in the same way that i'm single and i cannot act on my, i'm not I choose not to act on my sexuality because of my fidelity already i'm in a mm-hmm. covenant like and i have to put those desires to death in the same way i have to trust that life is coming for me yeah that i get to experience fullness yes. of life as I am through the promise of what he said, by abstaining from these things, you're going to experience mm-hmm. more life. And so when we have to have these conversations, I am not ashamed because I think it's good news. I And, and he says anything Beautiful. else leads to death. So I don't ever want anyone to experience death. I, yeah. I love people. Yes. And I just believe like, why is it? Why would it be hard for me to say this is life? But again, the standard has to be his definition of it and not mine. That's beautiful, Bethany. And I, I love how you you insert your own story too, which is so helpful yeah. for people. You know, yeah. it's it's the blood of the lamb, but also the word of our testimony. It's like yeah. it needs to be both, you know, and equal ground at the cross, no yeah. matter your struggle, no matter your proclivity, no matter how exotic or pedestrian your yes. sins are. <laughs> it's like all of us are in need of this Jesus on the level of our sexuality. And it's beautifully said. That's really beautiful. Um, What would you say, Bethany, to pastors who are thinking about living waters, you know, and maybe in the past have been hesitant or maybe in the past have said, I'm I'm just not going to go there. (laughs) You know, that's not my charism. My charism isn't to be the sexual integration pastor. Um, Like, what would you say to, to pastors who or maybe are, are right now listening to this, they're on the fence. And it's like, wow, maybe, maybe I could pick up this baton again and, and champion this work. And for, for the sake of people becoming yeah. good gifts, what would you yeah. say? Yeah. I think like, I would say, um, I, I, I don't think this is just a sexual like healing tool. Hmm. I think this is a whole person healing tool. So I think I'd reframe it that way to them and say, I think you should consider this at us again, an anthropological spiritual formation as, as that kind of gift to your community, as opposed to specific sexual brokenness. Everybody has it, but not all of us know how to name it yet. So I would just say like, consider this not as just this like specialized thing, but (laughs) as a holistic gift of formation mm, to your yes. community. So I would say that. And then, try, you know, I think it does cost them something. And in particular, the thing you have to be aware of is that it is going to cost you your own, um, the the inventory of your own soul. Mm, um, mm. And that's good. That's good. As pastors and shepherds, there are few things that check us the way that mm. something like this would. and invite us into healing as we're healing others. And I think that's on offer if you're willing to consider living waters. And then I think I would just say, you know, and this is just personal. This is not on behalf of Bridgetown. This is me. Um, Prophetically, like, it's probably time to stand up. Mm. Like, it's time to to believe at a deeper and maybe more visible level that Jesus's words are true and they're life-giving and they're full of love and they're not condemning. Um, and it's okay. If, if this is like, if this is at all stirring in you, it's good to consider what is the invitation, the prophetic invitation of this moment to me 
mm-hmm. within this community. And look, it doesn't have to be some public broadcasting announcement. Like yeah. it can just be within your community of like, we want to be a healing community. Amen. It's not where a community against or for whatever. If anything, Living Waters is a community for people. Yeah. all people yeah. in a way that I think the church doesn't offer it to most people. And if the yeah. argument would be specific groups of people, SSA or mm-hmm. otherwise it's bogus. There's no other place yeah. where, where they get to be dignified and honored and yes. poured over, loved, fought for champion. There's no other place. Yeah. So I would just say if there's a hesitation because of that, then you got to really consider what this is mm. and where it's happening in other places. And it probably isn't within your community. And again, this isn't about an agenda. Yeah. This is really about um, God's work of redemption, and healing in the lives of all people. Bethany, I marvel at the gravitas you hold as a woman in leadership, a pastor in the evangelical church. It's just a, it's a, it's an honor to be with you today. I'm so happy that you're in the work you're in. Um, you, you have Same. a powerful voice. Your witness is powerful. Um, and in such a time as this, we mm-hmm. I think I think you're so right. And it's a beautiful note to end on. It's time to be prophetic. It's time to make a stand and to proclaim the truth of the gospel in these areas. So thank yeah. you. Thank you for news. doing that. It thank you, Marco. News. Thanks for having me. I'm so Bethany. honored to get to be with you guys. I Whoa, really am. What a gift. And uh, <laughs> I'm just praying, praying for you, praying for all, all at Bridgetown and Thanks know of our love God. and prayers from Desert Stream. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining Desert Streaming. Until next time, God bless you.